Hi, my name's Andy Chamberlain. I'm a writer and creative writing tutor, and you are listening to the Creative Writers Toolbelt, the podcast that gives you practical, accessible advice that you can apply straight away to your own writing. And welcome to episode 38, We Have Liftoff, How the Inciting Incident Can Launch Your Story. In recent episodes, we've been looking at the six-stage story process, and in this episode, we're going to explore the transition from stage one, the introductory phase of the story, into stage two, the inciting incident. And if you're new to the podcast or you're unfamiliar with the six-stage story process, you might want to go back and start with episode 36, where I introduced the concept, and then episode 37, where I explored the first introductory stage of a story. In that episode, I said that the introduction of a story should try to achieve three objectives, and they were to start the story in a compelling way that draws the reader in, second, to introduce at least some of the main characters, and third, to create the need for change and action. And achieving the last of these objectives, creating the need for change and action, leads us into the next stage of story, which is the inciting incident. And in this episode, I'm going to explore that concept a little bit further by asking three questions. First of all, just what is the inciting incident? Second, how can you make the inciting incident work hard for your story? And third, what kind of incidents can you use? So let's start with the first of those three questions. What is the inciting incident? Well, to start with, the Oxford English Dictionary defines the word inciting as meaning to urge or spur on, to stir up, animate, instigate and stimulate. And the word has overtones of provocation, possibly to passionate action, even to violent or unlawful action. And the word inciting comes from the verb to incite. And that word is originally from Latin and it means to put into rapid motion to urge or stimulate. And looking at these definitions is useful because they give us a clue to the spirit of what we're trying to achieve here. So the inciting incident is a moment in the story, a situation or an event that incites a change or an action. But it has to be something more than that as well. It has to transform your story. It has to engage the reader and it has to act as a connection into the next stage of story, which is the momentum stage. So in recent episodes, I've been giving examples of inciting incidents. And here are three quick examples that I've used before, but I think are quite helpful. The inciting incident in the first book in the Hunger Games series is the moment where Katniss's sister has to go into the games and Katniss decides to take her place. It's also the moment in The Wizard of Oz when Dorothy is picked up by the cyclone. And it's the moment in the first Star Wars film, the original one that was made, where Luke Skywalker gets a message from Princess Leia and he decides he needs to go and find her. Now, in all of these cases, the inciting incident transforms the story, takes the story to a new level, and it'll usually impact at least one of the principal characters. The inciting incident must be a response to the need for change and action that you created the first stage of your story and we'll see in the next episode how it also connects to that third stage that momentum stage so that's a bit of context around the inciting incident now let's ground all this theory in some examples in my short story traveler's blues the first few lines of that story create an environment of contentment for two of the characters they seem comfortable with each other they're serving as crew on a space transport ship and all seems well of course to make that story work i can't leave my characters feeling contented I need an inciting incident to shake things up, launch my story and literally incite my main character, my protagonist, into doing something. Now in this case, my protagonist is a guy called Blake and he watches in horror as his lover, Tash, stands unsuited at the airlock, waves him goodbye and then steps out into the void to a rapid, frozen death. 
and Blake is left with some questions. Why did she do it? Was it suicide or murder? And so the inciting incident provokes my protagonist. It incites him into getting off his butt and starting to get involved in the story. And it transforms the story at that point from an atmosphere of contentment into one where there is upheaval. So another example is from C.S. Lewis's book, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. And the inciting incident in this book is the moment where Lucy discovers that the back of a large wardrobe leads into the magical world of Narnia. And this point in the story energises the storyline, which has hitherto been about a group of kids who've been evacuated to a big house during the war and they're trying to just keep themselves amused on a wet day. In the book, you can sense that the children are a little bit restless. Something needs to happen to turn this into a proper story, to shake things up a bit. And Lucy's discovery of this wondrous wardrobe which leads through to a magical land is just that point. So as you can see, the inciting incident has to be significant. It has to change the story in some way. But it doesn't have to be brash. It doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be a fight, certainly. It just needs to be whatever is required to achieve its objectives. So now let's explore how you can make the inciting incident work hard for you in your story. What does the inciting incident really need to achieve? More particularly, what does it need to do to make your work the best it can be? So here are three things that I think the inciting incident must do if it's going to work hard for your story. First, as I've already mentioned, it should answer the need for change and action that you've introduced in the first step of the process. Let me give you an example. Suppose I was writing a story about a wicked stepmother who makes her stepdaughter work as a slave for her and her spoiled son. At the start of the story, I might introduce the stepdaughter and the stepmother and the son. I'd let the reader get a chance to see what their different personalities are like. Maybe I would show the reader just what a terrible time the stepdaughter is having at the moment. In doing this, I'm creating the need for change and action, and I need to use the inciting incident to address that need. You might ask the question, why do I have to do that? Why must the inciting incident address the need for change that I've created in the first story? Well, let me show you why. In the story that I've been describing, when the reader hears about this stepdaughter and the situation that she's in, they will probably expect me to focus the inciting incident on the stepdaughter, to introduce something that is going to start to change and address her situation. But suppose I now make the inciting incident all about the spoiled son and only about him the reader is going to feel a little off balance at this point. They might not consciously feel that, they might not be aware of it, but they will be. And they're going to start to wonder what the story is all about. And at that point, the danger for me as the writer is that I am going to begin to lose them. And it's no surprise. At the beginning of the story, I'm focusing on the stepdaughter. Now suddenly in the inciting incident, I'm focusing on one of the other characters. Now if I did that without thinking carefully about what I was doing, I will lose the reader and my story will lose its way. If I start by creating the need for change and action in the stepdaughter situation, I need to deliver on that in some way with my inciting incident. Now I'll come back to the example of this story later on because I want to discuss the issue further. But for now, let's look at the other two tasks that the inciting incident must do for you. The second task is this. It should transform the story and grip the reader as it does so. The inciting incident must mark some kind of breakpoint in the story, some kind of transformation, so that really things can't continue as they were before. What this might mean is that if your story starts with things being all wrong, the inciting incident is the start of the long process of making them right. Now the best example of this, I think, is the Harry Potter series. Harry's life with the Dursleys won't kill him, probably, but it's not right. His situation is not good. Going to Hogwarts is the start of resolving that. And it's going to Hogwarts that opens the story up, draws the readers in, 
and is compelling. We're mesmerised by the place and by the opportunities and implications for Harry. Alternatively, if your story starts with the protagonist's life being fairly in order, the inciting incident might be when things start to go very wrong, as we see in The Wizard of Oz when Dorothy's peaceful country life is blown away, literally by a tornado. Again, we have a compelling, inciting incident. We see this in my story, Traveller's Blues, where Blake and Tash's contented life on the transport ship is smashed by Tash's death. The inciting incident should change the story in some fundamental way, and it should capture your reader as it does so. So the second job for your inciting incident is to provide a transformative event that changes the story and captures the reader's attention. The third requirement then from your inciting incident is this. The incident should be the springboard for the next stage of the story, helping to create the necessary momentum to draw the reader in as the main part of the story gets underway. So the inciting incident is really a kind of bridge between the first stage of story, the introduction, and the third stage, which I sometimes refer to as the momentum stage because I think this is one of the key features, maybe the key feature of that stage, and we'll be exploring that in the next episode. So it's just worth summing up at this point by saying that your inciting incident should meet the need you set up in the first stage. It should be significant and compelling enough to both transform your story and grip your reader. And it should act as a springboard into the next phase of your work. Now, I want to take all of this to the next level. You guys listening to this are clever writers, especially those of you that have been listening to the Creative Writers Toolbelt for some time. So now let's think about what a clever writer might do and see if all this advice can still be helpful. So for this, I want to use an example. I want to go back to the story I mentioned earlier, the poor stepdaughter living there with her stepmother and the stepmother's useless, indulged son. As a clever writer, you might not be satisfied with just turning this story into a kind of rerun of Cinderella. Great story though that is. Maybe you want to give this story a bit of a twist. Keep the reader guessing. But if you do that, will the principles that I've been talking about still apply? Well, I think they will. I think they're still valid. And I'm going to show you why I think that is as we work through an example. We focused on the girl and her predicament and how she is likely to be redeemed. And we're expecting this to be the engine of the story. But suppose the girl and the son are actually working together. Over time, they have formed a partnership and have hatched a plan to get the girl into the palace for the royal ball. Not so that she can be swept off her feet by the prince, but rather so that somehow between them they can rob the place. Now we have a very different story, one that the readers might not be expecting. But even in this case, the principles I've mentioned would still hold. Now here, the inciting incident might not come until the girl gets the chance to go into the palace and then she sneaks down to the kitchens, enters a storeroom and opens a door in the floor that leads to a secret passage that only she and her stepbrother know about. This act is the inciting incident and what will follow is the two of them trying to rob the palace. But the principles I've talked about still apply. The first stage of the story will need to be written with this twist in mind. The inciting incident still needs to transform the story and be compelling if it's going to be written properly. And it will still need to be the connection between that first stage and the third stage where we see the story start to work out. The inciting incident here answers that need. It starts the process of them doing the robbery that will lead to their success or capture. And it can and should be the springboard for the next stage of the story, the heist itself and what happens afterwards. So I hope you can see that it doesn't really matter how subtle your story is, the principles still apply. So let's move on to the third of the three questions that I wanted to address. What kind of incidents can I use? Well, this really is where your imagination can step in and also help you to achieve some of the other objectives that you've set for your story. So, for example, your inciting incident can introduce your antagonist, split people up who want to be together, 
force people together who are repelled by each other. It can be the moment the lovers meet. It can be a discovery, as in Lucy's discovery about the wardrobe. It can be the moment your protagonist escapes from somewhere or some situation. And of course, it could be the moment where somebody dies. Use your imagination and see what you can come up with. Now to finish, I want to reiterate something that I say a lot on the writer's tool belt, and I think it's probably worth saying it again. You've been listening to some of the principles that I think govern the best way to use the inciting incident. In a similar way, there are principles that govern all six stages of my six-stage story process. Just like there are principles to the three-act structure, if you've heard of that, to dramatica theory, which I mentioned a few episodes ago. In fact, to a whole range of other techniques and models and systems that have been created to help you with storytelling. But the important thing about all of these tools and all of these theories is that they are there to make your story better. All this stuff, like the inciting incident and all the rest of it, is there to make your story great. Now that means the inciting incident works for you and your story, not the other way around. It's there to help you write a great story, and if it doesn't do that, don't use it. And you know, sometimes the principles don't apply. So for example, if you've read Patrick Rothfuss's novella, The Slow Regard of Silent Things, you'll struggle to find the inciting incident. In fact, you'll struggle to find quite a lot of what you usually find in a story. As the author himself says, this book does not do what a proper book should do. But still, it's a delightful tale, made possible, I think, by some of Rothfuss's other works that do follow some of the principles that I've been discussing. So the point is this, the rules and the principles and the guidelines and all that stuff are there to help you with your story. They're not a bar that you need to jump over. So that's it for this episode. I hope you found all this helpful. Today I have quoted from the following works, the Oxford English Dictionary, published by Oxford University Press, the website nownovel.com, and I have also referred to the following works, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis, published by HarperCollins, The Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum, published by Puffin, the Slow Regard of Silent Things by Patrick Rothfuss, published by Galantz, and Traveller's Blues, written and published by Andrew J. Chamberlain, and available on all ebook platforms. As ever, there are show notes for this episode on Pinterest, that's at www.pinterest.com. Look up the Creative Writers Toolbelt there. If you want to get in touch with me to talk about your work or ask me a question, please do so. My website is www.andrewjchamberlain.com. And you can drop me a line by email at andrew at andrewjchamberlain.com. We also have a group on Goodreads. You're very welcome to join us there. Ask questions, make comments. That's www.goodreads.com. Again, just look up the Creative Writers Tool Belt. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.